Christ's journey, I am happy for us to be together, and I would love for you to repeat after me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. And I hope at home you felt some of that as you were giving voice to your praise as well. So happy to welcome you as we gather again as the Christ Journey family. And not only are we online, we are on site on our campuses, Kindle campus, Gables campus, church online. God bless you for being with us today. Um, and especially, oh my goodness, what a week. What a week. And what a season we have been coming through. Um, unprecedented, I guess. I mean, in my lifetime, unprecedented in the levels of challenge and of, uh, of divisiveness. And at the same time, as we have uh, come to a new president-elect for this nation, we have a storm knocking on the door of South Florida right now. A storm that had already passed through Nicaragua. We've heard from some of our friends down there. And, um, and so, and I'll say more about that in just a moment. But I'm telling you, um, we, this is a good thing for us to do. To be together in God's presence, lifting our praise and inviting his blessing to meet us. We know what to do with storms. Um, this is not, though this may be the first day of its kind in this moment that we're sharing, we, uh, we're not surprised by the opportunity before us. We know what to do with storms. We know that God is bigger than the storm. We know God is bigger than the pandemic. We know God is bigger than human politics. We know that God can be trusted, and so we take him at his word today as we gather in this space and gather together to remember that he calls us to come to his throne of grace boldly. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace to find help for our time of need. So I want to invite you, wherever you're making your connection with us, whatever your campus that you are physically present in today, that you will bring your need and trust God to meet you with his help in this very time, this very day. And speaking of need, I mean, um, we, we've heard from our friends in Nicaragua. Thousands of homes have been devastated in the wake of this storm. And so Chris, the Farringtons are, are fine, but they are now wanting to do relief efforts for the hundreds of families that have been left without provision. And so we're already deploying resources from our church, but if you would like to help us replenish those resources, you simply need to put emergency response on whatever gift you want to go, and that's precisely where it will go. And thank you for those who have given in advance so that now we can act quickly to see that we can take care of the people that are in need right now. So thank you for that. But as we gather today, we want to offer our worship to God, love Him supremely, and then love one another the way that He taught us. And as we enter into His gates with praise, I got a story for you. City guy, okay, city slicker, buys a horse from a country deacon. Gets, the city guy gets on the horse and says, giddy up. And the deacon says, oh no. I taught this horse that it only goes forward. It moves forward when you say, praise the Lord. 
and that it will only stop when you say amen. And so the city guy shouts, praise the Lord. And I mean, the horse is gone. It's running full gallop, full speed. And the rider's bouncing all over the place and not realizing until all of a sudden that he's coming to a cliff's edge and the horse is at full gallop. And he's trying to remember, what was I supposed to say to make this thing stop? And he's going through 12 different words trying to get there. And then just as they get to the cliff's edge, he remembers and he shouts, amen. And just screeches to a stop right at the cliff's edge. The rider's so relieved, he wipes the dirt and sweat from his face and says, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, if your neighbor's not laughing, explain that to him. <laughs> the moral of that story is, if you need to get on the move, you want to get your life on the move, praise the Lord. And uh, we enter in, our new series is Enter In. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. And today we're going to be taking a look at praise. So welcome to those that are regathering in our physical campuses on site and online together. You know, we're calling that, that's, there's a word for that. It's fidgetal. Fidgetal. We're having fidgetal church right now. It's a mashup of physical and digital and we're doing a new thing, and we're going to figure this thing out. We're figuring it out. In fact, if, uh, if worship were mashed potatoes, I'm thinking one potato would be online, one potato would be on site, and you know what? The cream and the butter, I don't know how you like your mashed potatoes, but I'm saying cream and butter in those mashed mash those potatoes up. Cream and cream, you know what the cream and butter is? It's the presence of the Spirit of God in the fellowship of His people as we offer our praise. And then in the midst of that, we get to see, taste and see the Lord is good. This is like a sampler tray. You just taste it and you want it. You say, can I have some more of that? That's what we're praying for today. And maybe I would speak for all of us when I say that I'm hungry. I have been hungry. Hungry for some mashup of the presence of God with the people of God in the space that we dedicate to him, and that's online and on site right now. We're going to figure out how to do fidgetal church, and I want to thank every person who to this point has assisted us in bringing their volunteer energy and dedication so that we can do this. So to all of the volunteers on all of our campuses, all three campuses that are volunteer-led and empowered, thank you so much, and Thank God, I thank God for you, for those that are serving today. And then I also want to say thanks to every person who's been praying. Some of us more than 40 days. We prayed 40 days up to the election day, but some of us more than 40 days have been praying for spiritual breakthrough, and we're not going to stop yet. We're praying for spiritual breakthrough for our personal lives, for our family lives, for our economic lives, for our business lives, for our national life, for our global impact. We're praying for breakthrough and trusting God for his miracle grace to grant it. And so maybe today would be your day. And we're asking God to bring his gracious touch and healing and help of miracle for you. But today we're talking praise. But we're not just talking praise. You know what? We're going to get our praise on. You ever heard that phrase before? First time I ever heard that phrase used, get your praise on. I was with Corey, my oldest daughter. Lisa and I were at, she's, she was in grad school in Princeton and New Jersey, and she took us to the church that she was a part of up there. It was the 
Shiloh Baptist Church in Trenton, New Jersey. And after this warm and friendly welcome by the pastor, he calls the worship leader to come up and get our praise on. That's the first I ever heard that. You know what he meant was, move us. Let's allow our hearts to be moved like the horse that that city guy got on and said, praise the Lord, take us somewhere and so that we can go together in honoring God. That's what true praise does. How do you know that you've authentically praised God? Well, you have honored God and it has moved you. That's what happens. The love of God moves us in his love toward us and then we take a step forward. Some years ago, um, I received a personal handwritten letter from a friend, and it was memorable to me. Uh, first, I suppose, because it was personal and handwritten. You don't see a whole lot of those these days, right? But then also, because of something that was written on the back of it, if there, I remember the envelope being green. Turn the envelope over to open it up, and there were three words written from the lower left-hand corner across in the shape of an arc to the other corner of the envelope on the back. Three big letter, big words written in capital letters, and, um, and I've never forgotten it because I think that one of them was missing a vowel, you know, and that snagged me. So I see this word written there that I believe was meant to say, I don't know if this was an oversight or if it was a deliberate uh, misspelling, and I'll never know, but I simply remember looking at that word and seeing P-R-I-S-E, the Lord, L-O-R-D. Does that bother you? I mean, to see that, does that bother you? It kind of bothers me to see that. Um, uh, how would you pronounce that? Prize the Lord? Yeah, that's what I read. Prize, and then, wait, oh, wait. Prize the Lord. <laughs> I know that's also a misspelling, but because where's the Z, right? Kids, you know, you're supposed to have a Z in there, but prize the Lord. And then that's what struck me, and that's what I want to share with you today. Because in that moment, it struck me that true praise is about declaring how much we prize the Lord. Does that make sense? Parade Magazine some time ago was interviewing Brad Pitt, and the topic of religion came up because Brad was raised conservative Southern Baptist. And uh, this is what he said. No, religion works. I know there's comfort there. There's a crash pad. It's something to explain the world and tell you there's something bigger than you and it's going to be all right in the end. He went on. It works because it's comforting. I grew up believing in it. And, uh, and it worked for me in whatever my little personal high school crisis was. But it didn't last for me. Why not? You're wondering? For Pitt, he, he went on to talk about this. It was the idea of God's ego need. He said, I didn't understand this idea of a God who says, you have to acknowledge me and tell me that I'm the best. You have to say, you're the best, and then I'll give you eternal happiness. And if you don't, then I won't. It seemed to be about ego, this is what, I'm still quoting Brad Pitt. I can't see God operating from ego, so it made no sense to me, close quote. Parade Magazine. So there's the question. Is God some kind of egomaniac? A narcissist that needs his approval ratings constantly, you know, spiked so that he can continue to feel good about himself. 
Last week, we, we entered in. The series is called Entered In, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. There it is. Praise his name. God is saying, praise me. What is, what is that? Now, what we also learned was that thanksgiving is a password into his presence. If you want to know how to access the, presence, the personal experiential presence of God, the psalmist says, never forget this password. Thank you. Say thank you. Paul said whenever you pray, you should always say thank you. It's a voice of faith that invites the presence of God. But then there, there's that word. Thank you, but be sure and bring your praises. Why? Is God's ego so fragile that it needs to be propped up? You know, I like it when people tell me how great I am. Just ask Lisa. She knows. She doesn't do it often enough, you know. It's like, but I like it. But is, is that how God is? Because that's what Brad Pitt was saying. And you know what? Brad Pitt's not the first one to wonder that. Oxford scholar, intellectual, and former atheist C.S. Lewis also struggled with this. He wrote about it in a little book called Reflections on the Psalms. And he says he struggled with this thought that God craved, quote, our worship like a vain woman craves compliments. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me you love me, Right? Is that what's going on in praise? No, that sounds more like me projecting my ego needs onto God, not the other way around. Then why does God call us to praise? In fact, Psalm 100 is a big call to praise. I'd like for us to read it together out loud. Would you? We're going to bring it up on the screen. And I'd love for us, let's all read it together out loud. At home, Kendall Campus, Gables Campus, let's all read it together. Here we go. Shout for the Lord, for the joy to the Lord. I'm going to start over. Here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord. That's better. All the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Now, the psalm definitely calls for celebration, right? For thanksgiving and praise. Did you see why? Three reasons. It offers us three reasons, and none of them have to do with an ego need on the receiver's end. They all flow out of a relational knowing. No that the Lord is God. What'll happen? Then you'll have reason for thanksgiving and for praise. So as we get to know God, he's saying, what will we learn? Well, we will discover some things that are praiseworthy, at least three praiseworthy things about God that you discover out of your relationship with him. Number one, God is creator. Number two, God is caregiver. And number three, God is character-driven. Now, this is a shorthand psalm. In other words, it's not meant to be a drop-down of the full listing of the, all of God's praiseworthy traits. It's like a sampler platter where somebody says, would you like some? Just have a taste, you'll see. That's what he's, the psalm is saying. Just taste and see the Lord is good. So when you get to know God as God, 
capital G-O-D, God, then you discover some things about God. Like what? Well, like he's powerful, he's intelligent, he's transcendent, he's creative, he's artistic, he takes joy in sharing his art with his creation. Why? Because he's creator. See, that's all under the first heading. You discover God's power and personal artistic design. Then secondly, you discover that he cares, that you matter to him, that God cares about you. You have value from God's perspective. Not only, He loves you like family. He wants to give you his identity, that he not only cares, he cares for you, like a shepherd for his flock which is the image he uses. King David said that in the most famous of all Psalms, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd, and I shall not want. That means God's got me covered. The rest of that Psalm talks about how God is good like a shepherd. He, he offers protection. He offers direction. He offers strength for the challenge. He offers his personal presence through the hard transitions of life. All of that Psalm 23, but he's saying as you get to know God, then you get to discover God's on your side. God's not out to get you. God is out to help you. So second discovery that leads us to praise. Third one, God's character driven. He is good to the core. The God revealed in the Bible who has shown himself to humanity over time through the ancient Hebrew people, through the ancient Hebrew prophets, through the line of David as predicted, and the messianic king that would come from the line of David the king, Jesus Christ the Messiah, is good. Good to the core. Enduring in faithfulness across all generations. So here's how verse 5 says it. The Lord is good. His love, that's the Old Testament word for grace, endures forever, never runs out. And his faithfulness, he can be trusted throughout all generations. In other words, God is not capricious. God is not arbitrary. God does not wake up on the wrong side of the bed and then blast you because he's in a bad mood. God does not get hot and then cold and then take it out on you. That's what he's saying. God is trustworthy in a steadfast relational way. He's not going to blast you because he's in a bad mood. God is good. God is kind. God is trustworthy. God is steadfast in character. So boys and girls, if you learn this prayer like I did when I was little, where you say at the dinner table, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. That's what this psalm is saying. Here's why we praise God, because he's great, and he's really good. God wants to bring pleasing things into your life that God wants to be helpful to your life. So for grown-up kids listening in, we would talk about moral rightness or ethical quality that lets you know you can trust somebody because they're going to be true in what they say. Well, likewise here, this is what he's saying. So you can praise God because of this. So to the psalmist, the worshiper, and the worship leader, everyone who truly gets to know God is going to have reason to say, thank you. And then, wow. You're awesome. So it's not ego need that drives our praise. It's awareness of value. 
It's like imagine seeing an original Stradivarius like this one. We found it online, 1721, an original handmade Stradivarius. It sold in London for $15.9 million. <gasps> what? Right? That gasp is the value. It's a gasp-worthy value. $16 million. Are you kidding? So, so is the God who exists. When we see and behold and think and settle on the God who exists beyond time and space and realize that he has involved himself within time and space because he cares, we go, prize the Lord. And what a prize. What a treasure. And then we go, wow. Praise rises out of the prize that we now appreciate. Now, don't confuse praise with flattery. Flattery is giving insincere compliments in order to get something you want. I think that may be what Mr. Pitt confused in his perspective. That when you tell God stuff he wants to hear, then God will treat you the way you want to be treated. That's flattery. But we don't give God praise to get God's favor. The psalmist says we say, wow. Because God is great, and God is good, and it starts coming into focus, and the clearer it becomes in focus, the more we go, that's incredible, that's so cool, that's so awesome, we praise God for who he is. What's the difference between thanksgiving and praise, do you know? We say thank you for what he does, we say we praise him for who he is. So that's where the Bible writes things like, great is the Lord, and then greatly to be praised. It's who he is that evokes our praise. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. His character is represented in his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness for who he is. That's where we're, our praise is invited. So if we could see God right now, we would be undone. We would be blown away. But if God could grant us the ability to not be uh, destroyed by his holiness because of our sinfulness, then we would have our breath taken away. It would be breathtaking. Now, sometimes we get tongue-tied or we get uh, shell-shocked or we get um, stunned when we're in the presence of a celebrity, somebody who's very famous, somebody who has authority, maybe your favorite football player, or kids, if you have a blogger or an influencer that you really like to follow online, a YouTuber, and then you were to actually be in their presence and meet them, and you, wanted, you always wanted to ask them something, but now it's like, do I dare say anything? Because it's like, this is so cool. He's standing right there, right? That's what the awe-inspiring we're talking about. Speechless, breathless, takes our breath away. Praise is associated with things in life that we find breathtaking, that are awe-inspiring. Like the ancient cedars of Lebanon, one of the oldest forests on the face of the earth. The trees in that forest date back thousands and thousands of years. And when that settles in on you, you go, wow, we, wow. Wow. Or the mammoth sequoias in California. These are like the most gargantuan trees on the face of the planet. And when I stand next to that tree, I feel like I'm about that big. You know? You just go, whoa, this is too cool. How does this work? Um, or the Hope Diamond 
rare blue gemstone, weighs over 45 carats, crown jewels of England. You know, this is things that make us go, wow. And I realized that I've skipped something earlier. Maybe we could just back up to it. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Anybody ever seen the Grand Canyon for the first time? Could we bring that picture up? You know, this is like, wow. But can I tell you something? The picture can't even compare with the experience. That's what you discover when you go there and you go, man, this is like humongous, grand. It's the biggest hole I've ever seen. Canyon, wow. Things that make us go, that's unique, that's rare, that's a prize. What's something that makes you go, wow? You think of something? Turn to your neighbor, share it with them. Tell them, what is it? what's something that makes you go, wow? What's something that takes your breath away? What's something that, that inspires you? You can drop it in the chat if you want to for us online as well. That's something that makes you just go, man, they're, that's incredible. For instance, how does a parent or a grandparent ever look at their newborn baby without saying, oh, magnificent. There must be a God. Now, my little grandson, Cedar, is no newborn anymore. He actually just turned two. Look, there he is. Oh, yeah. Two years old, riding his horse. He's on a move. He's going somewhere. But I got to tell you, I look at him and I go, wow. Breathtaking. He's not a newborn, but he's one of those miracles that makes me go, wow, in my life. Did you know, you know that, Greg, that George Strait song, um, I Saw God Today? I've been to church, I've read the book, I know he's here, but I don't look. Near as often as I should. Yeah, I know I should. His fingerprints are everywhere. And I, but I just look down and stop and stare, open my eyes, and then... I swear, I saw God today. This is what the psalmist is telling us. God is present, making himself known, and when we slow down to see and appreciate, then it evokes praise. When you think about it, praise is the opposite of cynicism. Instead of doubt and suspicion, it, praise is about enthusiasm. In fact, the word enthusiasm comes from two words, in theos in the Greek, which means in God. When you are in God authentically, when God is in you for real, then it causes something to rise in you that gives you energy and enlivens you. And you go, whoa, that's so cool. That's the praise that it's evoking from us here. God's great in character. God's great as creator. That's what praise means. The true Positive energy. A lot of people talk about positive energy, how important it is to have some positive energy. You want to feel the good vibes these days. What the psalmist is saying is that the truest positive energy that you can experience in life, in theos, comes from the enthusiasm of knowing God. Know God as creator, character-driven caregiver, and you will find reason to say, whoa. Now, someone also wrote this. The older I get, the smarter my parents become. And I guess what they mean is, as we mature, we tend to see things that, um, that we weren't aware of before. 
and then start understanding and appreciating the worth that they have in our lives, the value of people, uh, the abiding value of, that they really bring in our lives. Like when our oldest was, uh, was little, Lisa used to play this game with her. She'd say, oh, I love you, Corey. I love you, Corey. I know you do, Mommy. And she'd no, no, you can say that back to me. You can say, I love you, Mommy, with all my heart. And Corey would never do that. You know, she would actually say, she'd say, no. Because you want me to. Right? No, I love you, Mommy, with all my heart. No, you're trying to make me do that. It wasn't spontaneous, you know, it was like it was being prompted. Well, now, Corey has two kids of her own. I was watching the phone call as she was on with her mom the other day, you know, on FaceTime or whatever she was channeling on that uh, device. But I'm watching her, and then at the end of the conversation, no, Corey, now, she wants to talk to her mom. She wants to get influence from her mom. And then before she hung up the phone, you know what Corey said? I love you, Mom. And nobody even prompted her. She did it all by herself. I love you. I appreciate you. I value you. I love you. Well, you know, when you're young in the faith and somebody challenges you to say, praise the Lord, it can feel like somebody's trying to force you to say, I love you when you're not feeling it. Doesn't feel real. Don't get it. Doesn't mean much. But as we grow, the same words that we were taught when we were little take on deeper meaning. Why? Well, the words don't change, but we do. And we praise the Lord in a different way as we grow. Why? Because we prize him in a deeper way. We know his miracle power now, creating and recreating us through the years. We know his, we've seen his miracle presence answering prayers and keeping promises. And uh, we've seen his character demonstrated to be trustworthy over time. And so we know him now more deeply. My desire is that I would be able to challenge our church to help you to go deeper in your relationship with God as we start trying to regather physically and digitally and we go to this new place together for this brand new year that's in front of us, uh, if you want to know how to pray for me, pray that I would be able to do that well. Pray that God would give me insight and pray for all of our people and all of our congregations and all of our families that we might be able to be lifted into, can you be lifted into a deeper experience? I think that's what we're asking God to do so that we could get to know the Lord as God and get our praise on. The Hebrew word here for know, it's going to be of interest to somebody, is yada. It simply is a relational kind of knowing. It's not like fill-in-the-blank head knowledge that you can complete for a pop quiz, but this is like the kind of knowing you know when you, you recognize somebody's silhouette in the dark, and you go, I know you. You recognize them right away. It's a relational knowing because you've had experience with them. And so you know them, you get them, and you trust them, and there's a, you feel a connection with them. This is what he's talking about. It's this deep kind of knowing. Know that the Lord is God. Know that he is good. Know it by personal experience. And then you'll have reason to praise. It's the same word that we find in Genesis chapter 4 where the scripture says, Adam knew his wife Eve and they conceived. 
In other words, to truly praise God is to know him in a way that gives life to your life. So here's the question. Do you know God? I don't mean, do you just know about the idea? Do you just know some facts about the Bible? Do you know God? Because he wants you to. He wants you to know him personally, to get him emotionally, to connect in a way that causes you to go, whoa, you're God and you're on my side? You love me? Yes, this is what God desires. But here's the question that goes with that. Not only do you know him, but are you willing to hang around long enough to get moved in your knowing him? Or will you just take your marbles and go home because you're not getting what you want when you want it? Because as we know in our culture, you know, the way you want it is how you should have it when you desire it. But God doesn't, God doesn't do that. Praise isn't a kind of spiritual hype for you to hitch a ride on until you get your feeling, your spiritual feeling. We treat it like that sometimes. You know, come to worship, get your fix. And when it doesn't happen, then we leave saying, well, I wasn't filled. I didn't get fed today. Well, you know what? Here's something to consider. The reason it's not working for you may be that you are in it for you. In the same way that Brad Pitt brought his expectation and God didn't meet it, then maybe you could say, God, if you would be willing, show me who you are so that I can make the journey with you. The great preacher Spurgeon said this, seek the dove of peace, it'll fly away. But if you seek to know God as king, the dove of peace will find you. As we come to prize the Lord and then realize who he is through what he's done, that turns into praise. And suddenly you realize that you've just gone to another level in your relationship with God. You've gone deeper with God. How do you know? Your problems are smaller. Your, uh, your God is bigger. That's what deeper means. Do you know God? How can you know him? Well, the psalmist would tell us you can know him like an artist is known through his art. You can know God in creation as the artist is known by his art. You can know God in a personal, relational way as a father is known through his son. You ever said to somebody, you're just like your dad? Or you look just like your mom. That God makes himself relationally known to us through people. And so that's a way you can get to know him. You can get to know him uh, through his word as he shares his story and you enter in and listen if you're new to the Bible, I would suggest read the book of Luke and then John. But as, as you do, ask Jesus, would you help me know you? Like the pastor was talking about. Even Paul said, I want to know him. This is Philippians chapter 3. I want to know Jesus personally, relationally, the power of his resurrection, but then also the fellowship of his sufferings so that God brings his power into my life and then even in the darkest times, can take me where he wants me to go. A deep kind of knowing. You can know him in spirit. As God makes his home in you by the Holy Spirit, 
How can you do that? You can just pray, Holy Spirit, would you go deep in me and help me get to know you? And if you truly mean it and you keep seeking and you keep knocking until you experience some of that, then what's going to happen? You're going to get your praise on and it's going to move you. And you will know God is good. My theology professor used to say, all good theology always leads to doxology. All that means is when you got the real thing, you can't help but say, praise God. Or maybe this way, prize the Lord. Would you like to say it with me? Prize the Lord. How about one more time? Prize the Lord. And as we do, let's invite him to inhabit the praises of his people. Lord Jesus, thank you for the way you love us. Thank you that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. Help us open our eyes to see you as you're trying to make yourself known to us in the world around us, in the Bible in front of us, through the people that you've placed in our lives. Lord, by your own spirit within our hearts, God, open our understanding that we might prize you more and then get our praise on to move us where you would have us go in life. Lord, as we enter your presence, we invite you to enter our consciousness, to cleanse our thinking, to forgive our sins, fill our souls with your Holy Spirit, guide our minds, help us to see and comprehend your greatness, your goodness, the magnificence of your power, the tenderness of your mercy, and the faithfulness of your character. Thank you for never leaving us without a reason to praise. I praise you. I prize you. I love you, Lord. Thank you for first loving me. And friend, if you're on the front end of your spiritual journey and would like to know how to know Jesus personally, then may I suggest a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Help me know you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. And now lead me as I turn from going my own way and learn to walk your way. Thank you for hearing my prayer as I make it in your name. Amen.